And if you can, uh, if you've got access to your Bible, I know some of the you use um, uh, 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 your handheld devices, telephones, and things like that to actually have your scriptures on. But if you're actually accessing the meeting uh, through one of those, it would be a good idea maybe to get hold of the scriptures and uh, open it up at that passage that we read earlier on. I want to base my thoughts mostly around um, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8. I'll read it to you. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, and the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life there are two sorts of sowing they're not talking about individual seeds they're talking about sowing things into life putting things in life they're talking about planting things in life and you've got to sow to the flesh or sow to the spirit there are only two things there there's a clear division a clear difference there's a clear difference between the children of god and the children of this world, the children of heaven and those that are earthly. That's not an indication of whether you feel spiritual or whether you feel religious. It's a clear indication that God puts between those that are of the earth, those that are earthly, those that are might be religious, but also that they're classed as earthly, and those that are spiritual. There are those that are children of Abraham, children of faith, and there are those there are those that are twice born as the spirit uh, as the bible puts it and those that are once born everybody is once born uh, adam had the spirit of god he lost the spirit of god everyone after him is once born and we need to be twice born so there's a difference between those that are twice born and those that are born only once you may be moral you may seem good you may be enjoying going to church and enjoying uh, the friendship there but still not twice born you might not be as the scripture says in christ you might not uh, uh, have the spirit of god in your heart and um so so there is one person that sows to the flesh and there are those who sow to the spirit and the galatians had started this life of faith and they were sowing to the spirit and something had taken place some wrong teaching had come in that was tempting them to sow to the flesh they were re they started well but they'd been bewitched not really bewitched with a spell but they'd been fooled they'd been taken in false teaching had come in it had forced them to start living in a more earthly or a fleshly way and not a spiritual way. This is a great problem that had taken place there. And this subject is recurring in the New Testament. Jesus spoke about it. Peter spoke about it. Paul spoke about it. John spoke about it. The whole of Scripture talks about the difference that there is in the believer's life. There's a spirit of God and a spirit of this world. Uh, 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 there's a spirit of the world opposes the heavenly world. From Cain killing Abel through the prophets where they were rejected and killed through to Christ who was crucified because he was spiritually spiritual. He was from heaven. He was from God. And so this world felt uneasy with him. And he always feels uneasy with those that are spiritual, those that are true. The, Satan fights against them. He opposes them. 
Uh, uh, and, 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 and then later on, Paul says in this, when he's speaking to them, I carry in my body the marks of following the spiritual way, marks of the gospel, marks of the cross of Christ, because he wouldn't turn to the world. Then the world rejected him and he was imprisoned and he was beaten and things like that because he was spiritual. He took that pain. And in Galatians, says, says, he says that the reasons were adding the need of circumcision. A few verses later on, we actually read, if you want to glance at them, was to avoid persecution. There were so-called Christians that had accepted Christ, but then... They wanted to add again the Old Testament law, not all of it, just little bits of it, so that the Jews would then accept them again. They wouldn't be rejected again. They wouldn't suffer the pain of rejecting rejection. They would be accepted again. And so this need to feel accepted, this need to feel part of the whole and not take the discomfort of the cross was on those, was being brought into the Galatians. And Paul said, look, well, I've been beaten for the very fact that I won't deny the cross. It's the cross or nothing. And the cross itself uh, wasn't how we think of it nowadays. You know, we come to Easter and it got, has a nice emotional feel to it for us. So it, it was a, a place where criminals died. It was a place of shame. It was a place of, of, of the outcast. And Paul said, I will grab hold of being the outcast with Christ, with heaven, rather than hold on to the pressures this, this world will push me into, the wrong ways of thinking, trying to appease them, trying to be within society and to deny the cross. It doesn't work. I am tied to the cross and I will accept all that goes with it, just as Christ accepted all that goes with it. And so if I can put it like this, if you deny Christ or change your testimony or water down your faith, or run away from that which you think you have. You know, I've been born again. I've been born anew. I have Christ. And you start to behave in a way that is not God-honoring. Then you're running away from the offense of the cross. And you are not spiritual anymore. And he's trying to fight for these Galatians, is Paul. Very much so. So practically, if your finances or your relationships, or anything else that you're living for depends on lies and exaggerations and falsehoods and cheatings and harmful things, then it's of the spirit of the world. It's of the flesh. It's not of God. It's not of Christ. And so you can't expect Christ's blessings. You might be able to work blessings but it's not got true spiritual and true eternal blessings with it. If you're not willing to accept disadvantages or even poverty for the gospel, then you're not denying yourself and following Christ. If you're not willing to accept, and I'll say that again, hardships, including poverty, if your search within spirituality is only for advantages in this life, then you are not spiritual. You are being fleshly. You are sowing to the flesh. You are sowing to the world. You are afflicted by the spirit of this world that might seem nice for now. And it might seem nice until the day you die, but it's not eternal. It doesn't carry eternal blessings. It doesn't carry eternal 
benefits. The sowing to the Spirit carries eternal benefits. If you look at the fruits of the Spirit that we read, those things that were tied to the world are limited. Not just in their power here, but they're limited in the way in which they only last until you die. Those attributes of the fruit of the Spirit are attributes. They're eternal. They're not limited to this life. Riches are not eternal attributes. Riches stop one day in a very short period of time, to be quite honest. They don't go on for forever. And so you've planted them like you plant that money in the ground. And it maybe uh, uh, seems like something good, but it's not. It doesn't last forever. It doesn't give. And yet, when you sow to the Spirit, it produces true fruit that is heavenly fruit that will go on for forever. And so it is of far greater value because of its eternalness. Now, that's an interesting point there because um, gold, you know, we talk about things in chemistry as being noble. Um, that's not to say somebody is of a nice character and somebody is a, a, a helpful person or has got a certain amount of respect. That might be true. A noble person is one that doesn't change. He doesn't change his mind all the time. He's honourable. But metals and chemicals mean they don't change very easily. See, noble gases, they don't change very easily. They're not reactive. They're not like radioactive substances like uranium and things like that. They're noble, like gold. So noble because it does not corrode. It stays the same forever. And silver and other such metals, they're noble. They don't rust away. And that's what makes them valuable to some extent. They don't change. You know, iron goes back to its original state. It, 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 it oxidizes, they say. But we're called to be noble and to have things that are eternal and to know the value of eternal things. And that's an important thing that we really have to know. So you can... Uh, 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 you can deny that Christ came in the flesh, not just by words, but by actions. You can be amongst a group of Christians and you can open your mouth and you can say, I believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. We were looking at that in the Turkish Bible study in 1 John, if you want to look at it. Uh, uh, I think it was in chapter 4, where we talk about anyone who, is, who denies that Christ came in the flesh is the Antichrist. So you might not deny that Christ came in the flesh. But you can deny that Christ came in the flesh by the way in which you live. And that's a different thing in the way in which you relate to other people. You can be a cheat and a charlatan, even with your mouth. It's not just believing. It's not just confessing with your lips. It's believing in your heart. You see, there's an important thing there. So you might have a life of success and you might try to come to the church and come to the gospel wanting to get something out of it. And that's something that you're seeking is worldly success. Well, you're sowing to the flesh. You're not sowing to the spirit. If that thing you want to get out of church is eternal blessings, eternal success, eternal love and life and kindness and goodness and, uh, and all those fruits of the spirit, then you've come in the right spirit. So you need to come in the right spirit uh, to be spiritual. Uh, uh, and so there were those that were claiming to be spiritual, but they were not spiritual. There were those that were in the church, but they were not spiritual. They were wanting, again, the blessing of the world in Galatians 2.20, it says, uh, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, it's Christ that lives in me. Have you had such a radical experience? 
have you had such a radical experience that you can say i've been crucified to christ i've been crucified to this world i've been crucified to the desires that come along with this life and i am with christ denying myself uh, uh, uh or, or mark 835 he would lose it and he would lose it for christ would save it like a seed going into the ground it has to die before it can give fruit and it's radical christ tells us to die to ourselves to die to our own ambitions to die to our own desires to die to those things that are tied to this world alone and to start to live in freedom the true life that christ has won for us at calvary at great cost do you know what it is to live by the spirit do you know what it is to sow to the spirit we're so tied to this world and so used to this world that it it it, it 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 tricks us into continuously seeking to sow to the flesh and we do it almost without thinking very often righteous people they were looked upon in society as good and upright people that were following the law that were seeking to do that which was religiously right and there were these false teachers in Galatians trying to bring the people back to respectability, but denying the power of the cross. The cross does not always just give respectability. Respectability can be a real hindrance to true Christianity. It can be a real hindrance seeking to have a position in society where people respect you and look well upon you. I that, that the, the desire to have people look at you and think well of you is a real hindrance to true spiritual life sometimes. It feeds your pride, it feeds your desire to be somebody. And that makes you do things that are not out of love. It makes you do things that are for yourself, wanting the world's honours and the world's ways. It's a very present danger for us all. So we're all tied to the world naturally we're tied to the world and that's not wrong that's not bad don't get confused we are all made uh, 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 of the dust of this earth as it were we're all made tied to this world we're all dependent on the sun shining for the energy we're all dependent on the sun shining for the plants that grow for the heat that we have we're all dependent on food to eat for life and it's not wrong to desire those things for food for water for clothing for homes for heating for emotional and physical needs, for relationships, for psychological needs, and for uh, uh, the desire for beauty. Life is to appreciate beauty as well. And that's partly why COVID is a very difficult thing, because we're not able to share in some of these real blessings that God's given us by making us as part of this world. And these are blessings. These are not things that you say, well, I just deny all of them and I'm going to be an ascetic. I'm going to live in a monastery in the middle of the desert and I'm never going to see anybody again and I'm never going to eat nice food again. I'm going to eat a little bit of bread and drink a little bit of water because that's all that you need just to survive. And well, it might protect you from COVID, but it's not the life that God bought for you. He bought for you a life of community and love and beauty and, 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 and relationships and things like that. And you could say, well, I'm tempted by bad relationships. So I'm going to live in the middle of the desert. That, that's not the answer. To sow to the spirit is the answer, not to sow to the flesh. To be a part of God's good world as God's good new creation, as believers in Jesus Christ, to provide uh, 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 
and work and for family these are all good things but they're also things that are very real and part of the world and it's a it's a place where really this takes place how you handle these do you sow to heaven for spiritual things or you do you sow to the flesh it's our daily battle it's our struggle uh, uh, uh ephesians 2 13 1, 1 to 3 tells us our struggle uh, uh, is against the world and the flesh and the devil and you read the verses in ephesians 2 1 to 3 and it actually deals with those sorts of issues the struggles that we have and the main areas might be and there are more areas i'm going to share now but it might be greed okay and so to eat and to have clothes and to look good is uh, good uh, but if your focus and the desires that you have are constantly on those things on greed then it is sowing to the flesh that's grabbed hold of you that's wrapped itself around your heart clothes can be used as a sign of status and position and we want people to think well of us and we want people to think nice to us and we want to we, we want to go to the best restaurants and we want to buy the best food and we want to uh, 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 wear the marker clothes and things like that and people to see us we want to keep well i don't but, but people want to keep up with the kardashians or something like that uh, uh, or, or with bill gates and and they look at these people and see how they're dressed and they buy the same sorts of clothes or they look where they eat and what they do and they want to buy the same things and buy into the lifestyle and they want to show that they are also trendy people uh, 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 and so you buy into the trends you might be buying into veganism or vegetarianism or anything you're buying into a lifestyle you're buying into a trend you're buying into a statement you're living and you're sowing after the flesh so that other people would think well of you and you get your reward people think well of you very good you knock away the pains that come here so 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 you've got greed and the need to uh, uh, be something and someone you see you see the need for food and the need for clothing are we should recognize that we're dependent on our heavenly father for them we're dependent on our god for our clothes and our finances and our uh, 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 daily needs and so that should bring us to thankfulness and gratefulness and joyfulness knowing that we have a heavenly god that's a provider and so it ties us into faith but we can put that to one side and we can try to make ourselves something and so it goes beyond faith it becomes uh, uh, the world and the flesh that's driving our desires in those areas and so they've got to be very careful how we handle these things even in marriage and relationships uh, uh, these are good and these are pleasant and these are gifts and these are given by god for joyfulness and for our help and they're god designed one man one woman until death is god designed but then we say well we have this love for this non-christian girl or this non-christian boy and surely god's a god of love and he wants us to know that's sowing to the flesh he's putting the relationship outside of the context that god has made you for and so you sow to the flesh and you say well this is what i want this is what makes me feel good this is my desire this is what i want more than listening to god at this specific point and i change god into a god that likes the things that i like you can't do that you're sowing to the flesh or are you sowing to the spirit accepting god's teaching on the way in which we're to look and so the whole earth exalts greed 
the whole world and the flesh exalts sex. It exalts it and it puts it into a position which is dominating in the life, not putting it into a position that is useful and helpful and God-given for our spiritual well-being. We don't sow to the spirit, we sow to the flesh when we get those out of, uh, 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 when, when we see it not in the right way. And there's power and there's popularity and there's wealth and we think, well, uh, it's not bad to be educated. We are thankful for education. Uh, very interesting story that pa Pastor Cho was mentioning a little bit the history of the Protestant Reformation he was sharing with me and he was talking about the Huguenots that came before Calvin really and these uh, were very industrious in the way that they worked because they worked well they wanted to make things well and they actually were the start of the the watchmakers and the steel industries across Europe that blessed many people because they were very particular because what they were doing was they were working to the glory of God and so they wanted to do things well to the glory of God. They weren't looking at honour and riches, they were sowing to the spirit, not sowing to the flesh. But now we take hold of this and we think of our jobs or we think of the things that we do just to make wealth and to make us powerful. And so I could take an example of uh, uh, you at universities could cheat to get better marks in an exam and you say well it's because i need to do that or you could lie about something to get so, so, something else or you you can say well it's not such a bad lie it's just something that's not that no you're so into the flesh you lie to make riches you get involved in work that is not god honoring and so you're looking at riches that are more important to you than god you see poverty can be a gift God gives somebody the gift of poverty so that amongst poor people you can live and show the glory of God there. It doesn't mean to say that you've got to search after poverty. But it does mean to say that it's not bad. It's not wrong to be poor. It's not evil to be poor. It's not a shame to be poor. It's not something bad if in that poverty you are honouring God with the way in which you live. And so poor people can reach poor people with the gospel where rich people can't. And so sometimes you've got to remember that, that our Saviour himself was poor. We have to remember that most of the disciples accepted poverty, not as a sign of godliness, but it was part of the way in which they were sharing the gospel. Paul said, you know, I've learned to be thankful with and without. It doesn't really matter. It's how you live within that. So God gives some people the blessings of being rich and those people, if they're being used and they can use those riches in a spiritual way, or they can use them in a Worldly way, they can sow to the spirit or they can sow to the flesh in both of those situations. You can use riches uh, uh, as a means to bless other people, to make the gospel go forward, to give other people jobs, to help other people. You can use riches in a loving, loving way or you can use riches in a greedy way. Most of the Old Testament prophets sometimes speak about the leaders of Israel using riches to oppress the other people. And that's an evil way. It's for their own sake. So we use it. So, but you've got to sow to the spirit in whatever situation in life God has gifted you to be. You can be in poverty and you can be angry, angry and jealous about those that have got more than you. Or you can be in poverty and you can be thankful that God's given you the opportunities that he's given you. And the same way that you can be in riches and you can uh, 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 hoard and be angry at the people below you because you want more riches and you want to be better than the person next to you or etc. Or you can be generous 
and you can be someone that blesses people and you can be someone that is joyful with the way in which God's given you that uh, responsibility, which is a heavy responsibility really to be rich because you can be tempted so very easily and you can become haughty so very easily and lose the real eternal gifts of the Spirit. Uh, 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 in Matthew 6, very often we hear of people uh, the religious people praying before the others. We hear people that are rich and and, and getting the uh, 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 honour of man and uh, the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus said, but they have their reward. You see, they have their reward. You earn your reward here. You want your reward here. Get it. It's like that. Get it. Okay, go and get it. Go and become as rich as you want to be. You've got your reward. Go and be as important as you want to be before other people. You've got your reward. Go and show off if you want. You get your reward. And it's only limited and it's only here. It's not going to be for eternity, you see. Now, so for eternity. Change your attitude. Change your heart. Look to God. Let the Spirit of God change your attitude. Put these fruits of the Spirit within you of love and joy and peace and, and service and giving and dying to self and taking the shame of the cross, not trying to get rid of it. Even beauty, you see, beauty is a gift. It's a fascinating thing, even looking at something of, of, of the art world. And as the world goes more and more towards the flesh, then its art becomes technically brilliant, but it becomes ugly. It takes subjects that are ugly and it exalts an ugliness and a shockingness. It becomes bad. And yet the Christian who deals with art and deals with music deals with beauty and deals with exalting and deals with adding to life and deals with making life better and nicer to look at because beauty is one of those attributes of God and godliness and he gives it you to enjoy. So be a good artist for God. Be someone that makes beauty for God in your singing in your art or things like that but don't take it and follow the world that becomes shocking and miserable and exalts those things that are base and worldly and destructive in people's lives be careful not to get trapped into the way the world goes and even in your marketing and whatever it is that you're doing don't be trapped into the world's ideas because they are tied to the flesh and they come from the flesh so to the spirit Look at what God is doing and those attitudes and attributes that God wants. And some are gifted uh, 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 with all sorts of things in investing, in sport and many things. And you, and they're not bad, but you don't do them to find an identity. You are found in Christ is your identity. You are born again. You have a new spirit within you. So, so to the spirit. And it's something that he expects you to do. He doesn't say, well, it'll just come on you. No, he says, you choose, you sow to the Spirit. You don't be like these Galatians, these people that are coming in, that are tricking you, that are adding a bit of the world into their spirituality. Be circumcised, show a bit of honourability, join in with those. No, he says, you sow to the Spirit. You make the choice to sow to the Spirit. You don't get confused, you don't get gone. So, so when they sow to the world, there's no love for others, there's greed, there's selfishness. But when you sow to the Spirit, there's selflessness. And there's generosity and there's love, not for the world, but there's love for other people. And so you deny yourself and you put yourself down and you make yourself humble as Christ humbled himself. So you repent, you rethink and you trust Christ. He's the one that gives you freedom to live. So if you've been having a wrong attitude to the way in which you're approaching your education or you're making of money, well, you repent. 
you stop doing that. You know you've been doing it wrong. Galatians 1, to 4, 1 verse 4. Christ gave himself to deliver us from this present evil world. Again, it's a very radical thing that he's saying. It's not, it's not a secret thing that you can get confused about. It isn't a statement like that. He gave himself not just to give you eternal life, but to deliver you from the present evil world so that you don't live in the world's set of thinking. You have the thinking that's in Christ. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So the world and its advertising and its aims are all wrong. They all go the wrong way. They sell you a lifestyle with a car. They sell you a lifestyle with food. They sell you uh, 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 the Cardassian way. They sell you all sorts of things. Don't get sucked into it. Don't follow it. Don't behave like they do. Stop. Think. Don't dress in a way that dishonors Christ. Don't do it. Don't live a lifestyle that dishonors Christ. Don't do it. Don't hanker after it. Don't do it. It will rob you. It will stop you from living. It will stop you from enjoying things. It will stop you from having good friendships because you're not honorable and you're not honoring. You're seeking the wrong things and you're so self-centered. They'll destroy your relationships. You might even destroy your marriage. It's the world's ways. You need to understand it. Don't aspire to it. Don't give in. As Paul says, even for a moment, not for a second, Peter got confused. Remember that? The Judaizers came in and he started to separate himself from the Gentiles before he went and ate with them. Such a great shock that Peter would actually eat with the Gentiles. Now he was separating from them and Paul went and said, I had to turn him off to his face. He'd been confused. It was against the gospel. It wasn't showing the power of the gospel that's in there. No reach, no porn, no... Gentile, no Jew, no difference in races, all one in Christ Jesus. That's what the gospel does. Don't give in for a moment. Uh, 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 some of you are trapped in this world. Some of you are trapped in wrong relationships. Stop it. Repent. Stop it. Don't sow to the flesh. Sow to the spirit. Some of you are cheating to make money. Stop it. Don't sow to the flesh. Sow to the spirit. Some of you are doing many things that you know are wrong. And I can't list them all. Stop it. Don't sow to the flesh. Sow to the spirit. Aim for riches beyond. See the riches that are in Christ. See the spiritual riches. You seek. Some of you, you don't want to develop godliness and character you want the now you want the reward now but 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 christ's time scale is different it's not always the now it takes time to change and develop and grow true spiritual godly characters and it's now that you need to set yourself out to sow to the spirit so to the spirit now whilst you're young so to the spirit whilst there's time so to the spirit so you can see the fruit of that sowing in later time you might say well i'll sow to the spirit when i'm 90 years old you won't see much growing between 90 years old and dying so to the spirit now and be amazed at what god will do in your life so to the spirit not to the flesh deny yourself now the world's promises Look at the promises of Christ and so to the Spirit. 
Don't be trapped in the world. It will trap you. It, it promises freedom. But to buy into its lifestyle is a trap that won't let you go. Paul says for freedom you've been made free. Don't live lives again in that trap. They were pushing them back into a trap of adding uh, the law to their freedom in Christ. They were pushing them back into the track of selling the world alongside Christ. And he was saying, no, 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 no. Can't you see the freedom that you have in the spirit of Christ for freedom? Live for the freedom that Christ put you in and people will see it. Uh, 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 you may socialize with the rich and powerful. You may become popular in certain circles. But you might have to deny Christ to do it. And you'll have your reward. But it won't be a very big one. And it's only in this world. And it's only for a very short time. So repent. Rethink. So to the spirit. Now putting, going back into the context of this situation. Uh, 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 where Paul was seeking to protect the church strongly. Not from a frontal attack. But from an insider attack. Not from ones that came out against him and said, no, we're a different religion. We're um, uh, 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 ones that make uh, idols and we follow them. No, 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 no. Either that's wrong. This was from inside. These were teachers from inside. These were teachers that were claiming to follow Christ from inside. But they were adding something in there, taking away the shame of the cross, taking away the pain that it gives to deny Christ in front of other people, adding their respectability and their reasonability, and they wanted Christ and the world. We have a saying in English, to have your cake and to eat it. You can't, have your, you can't eat your cake and it's all gone and have it still there on your plate. It doesn't work. And they were trying to bring that sort of way of thinking in. And it, and it resonates with us because we all want ease. Nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody wants to feel uneasy. Easy. Everybody wants to have a position within society and wants it to be looked up to. It's something that resonates with us because there's still a bit of us that is tied to the flesh. It's not totally dead to self, but we died with Christ. We raised with Christ. It's into a newness of life. It's a newness of life. If there's not newness of life, I mean, how is your life new? How, that, maybe that's the question. How is it changed? What is different about you than when you weren't a Christian? What is it? What is different about your life and the way in which you live and the way in which you behave between you and non-Christian? If you can't answer that question, you're not seeing it. You're really not seeing it. And Paul's saying, look, this is the way in which it works here. We don't go back to that. We are separate from that. We are free from that. And 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 they were be they were being led back to trusting. The law, trusting their own doings, trusting their own works, their own efforts for their righteousness. And he said, look, be clear. The promise of a saviour and salvation that was a covenant of faith and it was given to Abraham before he was circumcised, before the law, before any works of the flesh. It was given through a promise of Christ. It was never by doing these other things, it was never that. He said 430 years later, the law was given to Moses. 430 years. So what was taking place in between that time? People were living by faith. By faith. When the law came, it was only there as a helper to protect, to show people Christ with the sacrifices and to tie people to God. But it wasn't there as a means by which you can make your own righteousness. It was still by faith and it always ever will be. 
by faith. That was the covenant that was running and it still is running because it promised was that Christ was going to come and he was going to be the one through who we trust that gives us righteousness. He was Christ and Christ alone that works salvation and brings you to faith in him. It was clear and he said, don't replace the promise of God. Don't replace the grace of God. Don't negate the need for a savior, which is what you will do if you go down this road of respectability, of the world's values, of earning that which is uh, which the lifestyle that you want here at the expense of your character. It is short-lived. It won't last. And you get used to the world and we and, and we accept the law and we become blinded to it and we become proud even as Christians and arrogance enters in and arrogance is one of the biggest things that chases the Spirit of God away. When we think that we're someone and we think that we've done something and we think that we're good Christians and we think that that, it stops us being faithful, it stops us trusting, it stops us praying, it stops us from a lot of things, it stops us from relating to people because they see our arrogance and they don't want it. Oh, Christian, you should not be arrogant. And when you're living by the Spirit, it takes away that arrogance because your dependence is on Christ for everything. And we lose our freedom and we lose our love and we lose our happiness when we start doing that. You're born for love. You're born for freedom. You're born for beauty. You're born uh, 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 to walk with Christ. And here's our happiness by faith alone, in Christ alone, as the, the old uh, uh, reformers used to say, by the, spirit, uh, the, the word of God alone. So spiritual fruit is eternal. It's not temporary. The world's fruit is temporary. Sowing to the flesh is temporary. Don't live for that which is temporary. Don't be silly. Don't do that which is only for a short period. It's not a good investment. Sowing to the flesh is a bad investment. It is harmful. The fruit of it you will catch in this lifetime. You will catch the same things as the world. You will catch the same broken relationships. You will catch the same sadness of heart. You will catch the same uh, 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 wages of Satan. If you sow to the flesh, sow to the spirit. Can't you see all that opens up in front of you? But it's not of the world. It's not of the world's standards at all. It's not of riches. It's not of fame. It's not of any of those things. It's love and joy and peace and faithfulness and eternity and security and it's Christ and it's relationship and it's forever and it's in him and so uh, 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 the, 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 you be careful how the religious law can affect you Re remember Galatians 2.16 we're justified by faith in Christ in 2.19 through the law I died to the law so that I might live to Christ. It's seeing not that the law is bad, the law is good, the law is spiritual, but if it becomes something that I look to, my own goodness, my own uh, success as being a show of my spirituality, it is not. Don't be confused. That's just the world's way of thinking. It's the flesh way of thinking. Just another aside, when you get married, Look for somebody who is sowing to the spirit, not sowing to the flesh. Be very careful about that. If you see a girl or a boy and they're sowing to the flesh, no matter how good or how handsome or how rich they are, run away. Don't trust it. 
that which they plant which will turn out to be pain. Look at those that sow to the Spirit. The law condemns me, it kills me. It shows me my sin. It shows me the penalty and it should chase me to the cross. It cries out to me, you're guilty. We hate guilt. The world hates guilt. That's why it doesn't like the gospel, because the gospel tells it it's guilty. Christians tell it they're guilty. It doesn't like them. It gets rid of things that make it uneasy. We make the world uneasy. The world and we hate this guilty. It's uncomfortable, but it can do its work. It can chase us to the cross or it can chase us to opposing the cross and opposing Christ and opposing Christians. Paul opposed Christians. He was persecuting them because he was tied to the world in his own self-righteousness and he hated the fact that he was being made to feel guilty. But then I try to keep the law because it makes me feel guilty. And then I become proud and arrogant and I show off how well I'm keeping the law, how good a Christian I am, how good I am. And I become even more guilty because that pride and that arrogance itself takes me away from a loving God who hates arrogance and pride who sees the hurt that it does, who knows that that arrogance and pride is something where I'm looking down at other people and saying they're not as good as me, which builds in hatred and that breaks relationships and it breaks my ability to actually love and serve other people because I'm putting myself up into a great position. You know, a lot of people, even, even in charities, like to do that. They like to serve other people because it gives them a good feeling, not because they're spiritual, because it builds them up in arrogance. You've got to be very careful about these things. Uh, you can be proud about being a good believer, but you gossip about others because they're not as good as you and their failures give you joy because it puts you up a level and you think highly of yourself. And that's what the law does. Be careful. I died to that, said Paul. I died to it. I died to the law's guilt. I died to the fact that the law and keeping it makes me even more guilty and destroys my life. I died to that. I'm freeing Christ. The Lord's teachings are good. Yes, I'll agree with that. But I'm not be justified by it. Never in a million years. Neither will I add that back into my gospel because it's destructive. I am free to be a new creature in Christ. Now you're free to be a new creature in Christ. Are you free? Are you free? Does Christ want you to be free? You can only be free in Christ if you're tied to the world and you sow to the flesh. You're in a prison. Your desires and lusts cannot be broken by sowing to the flesh. You'll become more and more addicted unless you come to Jesus. I'll stop there. There's much more can be said on this subject. Um, uh, you need to see the freedom that you have in Christ. We all need to see it. And rejoice in it and be happy in it but take stock what you sow don't sow to the flesh the spiritual person the twice born one will sow to the spirit sow to the spirit to the glory of god